You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. True North, welcome. My name's Rob, one of the pastors on staff, uh, and I get the joy, the privilege today of sharing the message. But before I do that, Pastor Matt has told me, he oversees groups, and he has told me that I have to pump groups, and that sign up is going on this week. And so I'm going to highlight to you our groups. And we have life groups, we've got care groups. They're all now under this banner of groups. And at True North, we put it this way. Groups are the home plate of discipleship. In other words, this is really uh, an important, integral part for all of us as individuals, as families, in being discipled here if you're part of True North Church. So we, we learn in these rows here, we hear a message, but it's really we grow in circles when we can get into homes and really invest in each other's lives and really get to know one another. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you've never done a group, well, this is a great session to join one. Maybe you've done groups and you want to join the same one, great, do that again, whatever it is. But it's our goal that everyone who's coming to True North Church and saying, this is my church, that you're part of a group. And so I want to encourage you. And we've got groups for different demographics. We've got them for uh, families. We've got them for moms. We've got them for, uh, on military bases. We've got groups that you can find. We've got them doing different studies. Some are doing more in-depth Bible studies. Some are becoming, hey, let's become better parents or better marriage, whatever it might be. So I want to encourage you. So if you didn't get one on the way in, grab one on the way out. You scan the QR code on the back. They're all listed. And I'm going to tell you this. It's a first-come, first-served basis. So the groups do fill up. Uh, we don't have an eternal amount of space in our living room, so the groups do fill up. So the sooner you get on one, the sooner you know you're going to get the one you really, really want. Now, here's the thing. They're all great, okay? But some of you go, I might only be able to make it on a Monday, so you want to find a group that's on a Monday. So I encourage you to jump into a group. And I also ask all of you to tell Pastor Matt that I did a good job of pumping groups today. Okay, that'd be really good for me. So, uh, well, like I said, my name's Rob, one of the pastors on staff, and I want to welcome you today to part four in our series, You Are Your, I don't know how to emphasize it, you're just going to have to look at the graphic to see what I'm trying to say, Your Best Days Are Ahead. How many of you believe that? Amen. Oh, wow, I hope more of you believe that. Hopefully, maybe after this series, you'll believe it, because it's true. God wants your best days every day. So your best days are ahead. God has a bright future for you, a good future for you. And can I tell you this? And I understand some of you are sitting here going, it does not feel like my best day right now. Well, God wants your best days for you. That's God's desire for us. And so we're looking at this series to go, how do we ensure our best days are ahead? Because here's the thing. Even though God wants it for us, they're not guaranteed. They're not guaranteed. God wants your best days for you, but the world would love to take those days for itself. Or even more so, the devil, our enemy, would love to steal, kill, and destroy your days ahead. He's working just as hard or as hard as he can to make sure your best days are not ahead. And so how do we live our life in a way that ensures as we step into tomorrow, it's our best day? As we step into the day after that, it's our best day. Because our best days are ahead. It's God's desire for us, but they're not guaranteed. So this series is looking at how do we do that? How do we live and navigate through our days so that we walk into the best days? And really, this series is looking at the Holy Spirit. 
Because God has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to help us navigate through the days so we can know them as the best days. I've had the privilege of traveling to some incredible places, some beautiful places, places that are on like people's bucket list of places to go, places that are like listed as, you know, like uh, these are the seven wonders of the world. I've been to a few of those. And how many of you know, even in the most beautiful place, even on this great day, the sun's shining, everything's good, the whole day can be affected if all of a sudden you feel lost. Anybody ever been there? Am I the only one who's gotten lost? All the, husbands, all the wives are going, no, trust me. You know, I've been lost a lot. Not nearly as many times as my wife thinks I've been lost, but I have been lost a lot. And I've been lost in some very cool places. And can I tell you, feeling like I didn't know where I was, feeling like I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing, kills the experience. And as we're looking at our best days ahead, we need to know, hey, we've been led to the right place. Hey, we're doing this the right way so that we can know this is the best day. Otherwise, we're going to feel like those experiences are not the best day. Let me give you an example of this. We used to live in a place that was well known for having these different canyons and stuff that you could go and hike through and stuff like that. And uh, we went one day to this place, Petra, if you've never heard of it, it's in the Middle East. It's an absolutely beautiful place. It's literally one of the seven wonders of the world. It's gorgeous. And we came in the normal way that all the tourists come in through, but my family and us, we like to consider ourselves adventurous. So we had heard that there was kind of a back alley exit, if you will, through these very narrow slot canyons. And so we thought, well, let's try and find that. Because nothing is wiser than going through slot canyons that you've never been in before, right? So we decided, hey, we can do this. We'll figure it out. So we started going. And we're in this incredible place in the world. It's a beautiful day out. But slowly, instead of being the best day of my life, it became simply an exercise in managing my panic. Because all of a sudden, we got into some narrow parts of these canyons. And you're looking up and you're like, oh, those are rocks and boulders from the last time and trees from the last time there was a flash flood. And all of a sudden, my mind's going, is there going to be a flash flood? It hasn't rained in like a month. And all of a sudden, I'm paranoid there's going to be a flash flood. It's beautiful. There's not a cloud anywhere. And then we're going along. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, are we even in the right canyon? Where's this going to come out? Where are we going to end up? Are we going to get stuck somewhere? What's going to happen? And all of a sudden... This day that was supposed to be beautiful, that was supposed to be fun, it was supposed to be an adventure, it was supposed to be wonderful, suddenly all of that was gone because all I could think about was I felt lost. I felt lost. Now, the good news is, to the end of that story, we made it out alive. In case you were wondering, you might not have been sure, we did make it out alive. And in actuality, it turned out to be really easy. We literally entered one canyon and just made one right turn into another canyon, and then boom, a couple miles later, we were in the right place. But in the middle of it, even though it was easy, in the middle of it, I lost sight of how great of a day it was because I felt like maybe I wasn't in the right spot. And how often can life be like that? God is going, I made this day for you. I've given you everything you need for this to be your best day. And we're going, but I feel lost. And suddenly all that God has for us feels like it's gone. You know, another time... In that same part of the world, we went and we did this canyon that actually was dangerous. That did have a big river going through the middle of it. And as we were preparing for it, it was like, you're going to have to go over this waterfall and all these things. But you know what? That turned out to be one of the best adventures of my life because I was smart at that point and we got a guide. And we hired a guide. And we said, hey, you know what you're doing, take us through this. And you know what? Even though there was more challenges in this one, even though there was one point where the guide was like, hey, you can go that way if you want, but you're going to die, I'd recommend you go this way. Even though there was one point where it's like, hey, we're going to have to repel over this waterfall. 
Even though there was more challenges and honestly more threats in that one, I enjoyed it more because I had a guide. And that's what God says the Holy Spirit is. Because here's the thing. Here's what I can promise you. There are waterfalls ahead in your life. There are points in your life where you're going to have to decide, do I go this way that looks dangerous or do I go this way? And you might not know which way to go, but God says, I give you the Holy Spirit as a guide. And that's what we're looking at in this series. How do we live in relationship with the Holy Spirit so he can guide us through our days so we can know them as our best days? And that's what we're looking at. And last week, we actually started this series, or started this section of the series about the Holy Spirit as a guide. So if you weren't here last week, go on our YouTube channel, uh, watch the series. And today we're jumping in. We're going to look at three more ways the Holy Spirit guides us. But we need to know the Holy Spirit as a guide. It's better than the other approaches to life. And let me give you a quick recap of what the other approaches to life are. The first one is what we did in that first day, and that's just called wandering. Let's see what happens. I've done this a lot in my life. Again, fortunately, it's always ended up well. I've come out the other end somehow. But can I tell you, it's not always been an adventure doing this. And this is when we just say, I'm just going to wander through life and see where life takes me. I'm just going to go and see what happens. I'm not going to plan. I'm not going to look at a map. I'm just going to see what happens. But life doesn't work that way. There are currents to your life. This past week, we were on vacation in Hawaii, and every day I heard the same thing from the lifeguard station on the beach to people like myself who were going, I can handle these waves. I know what I'm doing. And every day, the lifeguard station would say the same thing on their little megaphone. They'd say the same thing. Uh, Basically, they didn't say tourists, but that's what they meant. They would say, please remember there are strong currents in the ocean that will pull you away from the beach. And basically, what they were saying is, guys, we see your tourists you don't know how to swim or, or uh, surf or whatever you're trying out there, be aware that there are currents. And I want to tell you, there are currents in life that will pull you away from God. There are currents out there. And so if you're going, I'm just floating through life. I'm just wandering through life. I'm just going, ah, here's, here's a direction. Let's see where it goes. It will pull you away from God. And so wandering is one approach to life. I don't recommend it. The other one is to say, well, I'll just get a map. You know, and I'll just open up my phone or my GPS or whatever and kind of go, well, yeah, here's a map and this will show me, you know, some, pl- some points along the way will plot out a journey for me. And maps are good, but they're very limited. Maps only show you where things are. They don't give you any other information than that. They don't tell you what's going to happen there. They don't tell you how to enjoy whatever that place is. So like when we're in Hawaii, I go, okay, well, there's the, there's the, the beach on the map so I can get to it, but it doesn't tell me how high the waves are going to be. It doesn't tell me how many people are going to be on the beach, not realizing I had reserved it for myself. It doesn't tell me all those things. So a map will give you some information, but not a lot. It will tell you where things are. It's not enough. And the next level up, the next tool we have is guidebooks. Now, if you weren't alive in the 90s, you don't understand the imagery of a guidebook because we have everything on our phones now, right? There's, you just pull out your phone and you take a picture of something and like Google tells you a thousand things about it nowadays. But there was a time when we had to navigate with these big, thick books and you just sit there and you flip through the pages. and you re- How many of you are around in the 90s or have tried to travel by guidebooks, right? And you're just like reading through it. And you're like reading through all the things you can do and stuff like that. And so there's a guidebook. And as Christians, we have the greatest guidebook ever written. It's the Bible. And guidebooks are very valuable. In fact, they're invaluable when you're traveling. Nowadays, again, it's just Google is the ultimate guidebook when you're traveling. 
And so as Christians, we have this guidebook, and that's the Bible, and we need to read that. We need to understand what it says. But guidebooks are also somewhat limited in what they can tell us. Ultimately, what we need is a guide. Ultimately, what we need is the guide who can walk us through our days so that we know that our days are the best days. And that's what this series is about, is looking at how is the Holy Spirit given to us to guide us through life. And I want to say this about the Holy Spirit. He is a person, okay? He is part of God. It's not just this tool. It's not just this thing. It's a relationship we have with God. He is part of the Trinity. We're not going into all that today, but I just want to emphasize that, that this isn't just like, he's not another tool. He is alive, just like those guides who were walking me through those rivers or through that canyon was so helpful because he was alive. He was there. He could help me when things got difficult. He knew what to do. And so our best days are ahead. We truly believe that. We believe it for each and every one of you, but they're not guaranteed. So we have to learn how to walk through our days so we can get to the end of the day and say, that was the best day I ever had. Regardless of what challenges are there, regardless of what waterfalls you face, regardless of what decisions you have to make, we can get to the end of the day and say, because I went through this day with the Holy Spirit as my guide, that was the best day I've ever had. And so that's what we're going to look at. That's what we've been looking at with this series. And in fact, Jesus said, this is the reason the Holy Spirit is given to us. There was a time Jesus was walking with his disciples, spent three years with them, and then he began to say to them, hey, by the way, just so you know, guys, my time on earth is, is running out. I'm going to be leaving soon. And this kind of threw them into a panic, and they were like, well, wait, why are you leaving? It doesn't feel like you finished things yet. And he said, no, no, it's actually better that I go because I'm going to send you a guide that can be with each and every one of you as you go through your days. And in fact, in John 14... Uh, it said that, he, Jesus talking to them, it says that the Holy Spirit is given to us as a helper, as a counselor, as a guide. John 16, it says, he will guide you. And the Holy Spirit is given to all of us who are believers as our guide as we go through life. And there are other ways that God can lead us. The Bible talks about wise counsel. The Bible talks about vision and dreams. The Bible talks about circumstances and miracles and all those things being used to God by God to lead us. But ultimately, the greatest single gift we have is the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us. It says in Romans 8, verse 14, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In other words, God's children are given the guide of the Holy Spirit through life. And I don't know about you, but as someone who has been lost more times than he cares to remember or admit, I take great comfort in knowing there is a guide. It's kind of like that story, I was reading this the other day, the story of, I think it was a, a U.S. Uh, ship, you know, they're on their course out in the ocean, they see a light coming at them, and so they signal, hey, this is so-and-so, you need to turn left. I'm not using the technical terms, I know that. Okay, all of you military people, I apologize. And the call comes back, no, no, this is so-and-so, you need to turn right. And so the guy comes up and says, no, no, you don't understand, I'm at this level of rank. And the other person comes back, he's like, well, I'm at this level of rank, but you still need to turn. And he gets to the point where the ship says, if you don't turn, sir, it's going to be bad for you. I'm a, we're, we're an aircraft carrier. And the guy calls back, he says, that's great, I'm a lighthouse. <laughs> Who's got a turn in that situation? 
right? Lighthouses are given, so regardless of what you think your rank is, regardless of how powerful you think you are, a lighthouse is put there to know you're not that powerful. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's given to us to say, hey, here's where you turn. You don't say to God, God, here's where I need you to turn. The Holy Spirit says, here's where I'm leading you, and you need to turn. So how do we let him do that? We're going to look at three ways. And if you got your worship guide on the way in, you can follow along or you can follow along on our app. But here we go. The first way the Holy Spirit guides us is by revealing the meaning of what he has said. Revealing the meaning of what he has said. This is the best guidebook ever written, right? The Bible. It is the clearest, most accurate guidebook. In the 90s, there was like, do you use Fromers or do you use Lonely Planet? There was all sorts of options. But the best guidebook ever written, and not only that, we read it with the one who wrote it. When we sit and read the Bible, sometimes we go, man, I don't understand what this says. We can literally look up and say, hey, when you wrote this, what were you trying to say? When you wrote this, what did you mean by this? And I remember sometimes, man, you'd have your guidebook out there, and you'd be looking, and you're looking around, and says, okay, uh, go past the temple, turn left at the fruit tree, and then look for the elephant. Right? And that's what the guidebook instructions would say. And you're walking around going, I don't know. And you'd be walking around for an hour with the guidebook. And then at some point, some kind local would see you and see that you were very confused and very lost and would say, can I help you? And you would say, I hope so. And you'd come over and you'd show them the guidebook and they would read it and they'd go, oh yeah, it's right there. Right? Because they understood what it meant. You don't. And sometimes we're reading the Bible and we're going, God, I'm just trying to be a good husband. What does this mean? He says, here's what it means. Here's how you do that. God, I'm just learning how to handle my finances. I'm trying to get out of debt. I'm trying to, whatever it might be, what does this mean? He says, here's what it means. And he reveals it to us. He reveals the truth that the guidebook is teaching us. It's where it says, lay down your life, be a good neighbor, all these things. He says, here's how you do it. 1 Corinthians 2.14 puts it this way. The man without the spirit. In other words, the man who's wandering, the man who doesn't have the guide with him, does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. That phrase, spiritually discerned, means that the spirit discerns it and reveals it to us. And the word reveal just means he shows us. He makes it clear. It's like there's a, there's a curtain closed. How many of you have ever gone to the movie and the curtain doesn't open up right away, right? You can't see the movie. So all the Holy Spirit's doing is saying, let me pull back the curtain so you understand. Let me reveal what the guidebook is trying to tell you. John 15, verse 26, when Jesus was telling the disciples he was going to send them a helper, he said, the helper will come, the spirit who reveals the truth. This is what a guide does. It's their job to reveal for you what you need to know to go on the adventure you're trying to go on. There was another time, and I tell you, this week I had so many stories that I could have used for this message because I have needed a guide so many times in my life. And one time my buddy and I decided, hey, we want to go climb this big mountain. And this mountain that we wanted to climb in this area, they they just look like giant rocks sitting there, and they're beautiful. But from down below, they just look like they're just cliffs all around until you get to the top. And we're talking 1,000, 1,500 foot cliffs. And so we don't know how to climb it, but we had heard this one you could climb without knowing how to use all the ropes and everything. You could just hike up it. But we were told, but you got to get a guide. And so we got a guide and we start at this point where we look up and I'm telling you, if you and I were standing there, we would have said, no, this isn't the right starting point. 
because this just leads to more cliffs. But this guide, he knew where he was going, and so he took us on all these places, and we're just going through it, and he would reveal to us where the path was as we were going. And we made it up to the top safely. But the way back down was where I realized the importance of a guide's job to reveal things to us. You see, the way back down, we came down the cliffs. We rappelled down the face of those cliffs. And after we got down the first one, we realized, okay, well, now there's only one option. Like, we can't turn back. We can't get back up that cliff. And as you're standing there on the side of this mountain, and you know, it's not just a sheer cliff. You can walk around a little bit. He's like, okay, where's the next start? to the next rappel. And we are literally looking for two bolts about that big each. We had no idea. Me and my buddy were like, we're not, there's no point in even us even looking. But the guide, he got down the rope, he walked right over and he said, they're right here. That's what it means that the guide reveals to us the truth. He reveals what you need. He reveals what you need to know to be able to successfully take the next step. And so this is what the Holy Spirit does. It says he reveals truth that you need to ensure that today's your best day. And he does it through three steps. The first one is this. He reveals the truth. In other words, he shows it to you. He points it out. He says this is the truth. He gives understanding. The second one is he illuminates the truth. This is where when you're reading your Bible and you read you know, your whole chapter for the day, but really only two verses stuck out to you. You know, in the other 28, there are probably a list of names or places that you don't know how to pronounce anyways. But that's the Holy Spirit highlighting or illuminating what you need to know. That's the part of the truth. He's really saying, hey, this is what you need to know today. This is what you need to know for the next step in your adventure. And this is what I love about the Bible. We read it with the living God, that it's every day. It's a live word to us. And we can seek it out and say, what does this truth mean? What is this truth? What do I need highlighted for today? You don't have to read the whole Bible every day. But as you read it, you go, Holy Spirit, would you highlight for me what I need to know now? And then the third thing is he applies the truth. He helps us understand. You see, it would have been one thing if the guide simply said, all right, there's the bolts. Good luck. He said, hey, here's the bolts. And then you know what he did? He tied the knots. He attached them to my harness. He lowered me down. He showed me not only what I needed to know, he then applied it to me so I could successfully get through the adventure. And when we, the Holy Spirit highlights some truth to us, he's going to say, hey, and here's how you live that out. Here's how you can apply that to your life. Here's how you can apply that to your marriage or to your finances or to your workplace or to whatever it might be that he's called you to. So when you get to the end of the day, you can say, that was the best day. Because he showed me how to apply it. And this is what a guide does. He reveals it, he illuminates it, and he teaches us how to apply it. And maybe if you're here and you go, man, when I read my Bible, it feels like more of a chore than being guided through an adventure. Well, here's what I would encourage you to do. When you sit down to read your Bible, just ask him to do these things for you. You see, some people, I think, uh, think they need to do more or maybe read it more or read it in a different translation to get some of this stuff to come alive. We don't. Guides work off of payment, right? Most guides, they want some payment up front, and then they like a little payment at the end as well. That's called the tip part, right? So guides work off payment. Here's the, nice, the good news for us. Jesus paid the price for the Holy Spirit to be our guide. You don't have to. 
The Holy Spirit's not going to be a better guide for you if you read the Bible louder or if you come to church more often. Jesus has already paid the price. But what we do is when we sit with our Bible, we have to acknowledge that we have a guide. And we just pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, would you reveal the truth to me? Would you highlight parts of it? And would you teach me how it applies to my life? Because it's no good to go on an adventure with the guide and ignore the guide. Right? If, if we came to that place in that river canyon and the guide said, guys, going right's death, going left is safety, it would not have done me good to just ignore him completely. Well, he's just revealed truth to me, but I'm going to ignore him. Right? We listen to what the guide says. We acknowledge, guide, you are here, you are wise, you know this, I'm going to follow you. And when it comes to reading the Bible, wanting him to reveal the truth, just start by saying, Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you are the guide. Would you reveal truth to me? Would you highlight it? And would you show me how to apply it to my life? So the first thing the Holy Spirit does is he reveals the meaning of what God has said. The second thing, and this also ties into us knowing the word of God, knowing our Bibles, is he does this. The second way the Holy Spirit guides us is by reminding me of what he said. Reminding me of what he said. A guide reminds you as you go along. Hey, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Don't forget this. Let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you this. How many of you remember that scene in the movie that you never saw where the character you never heard of does the things that you weren't told about? Right? No, none of you remember that because you can't remember what's not already in there. I can't remember a movie I haven't seen. I can't remember a book I've never read. And I know people are going, man, I don't really know how the Holy Spirit's leading my life. And I go, well, how much of the book have you put in you? Because he's trying to remind you of what he said. He's trying to remind you of what Jesus did. He's trying to remind you of what the people in the Bible did. And you're going, I can't remember it because I never read it. I never got into it. So we need to have the practice of reading the guidebook. We need to know what the guidebook says because the Holy Spirit's going to go, hey, remember in the guidebook it says this? That's what you need to do right now. And we're going to go, oh, it's been a long time since I only read the guidebook at Christmas and Easter. Oh, that's all I do. No, this is why we need a daily habit of reading the guidebook, of reading the word of God. John 14, 26 says, the helper will teach you everything and will cause, cause you to remember all that I told you. This helper is the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says again, one of his jobs is to help you remember what I said. But we can't remember it if we don't read it in the first place. Let me give you an example of how I know this. This past week, we were in Hawaii, and my kids were doing their homework, okay, because they wanted to keep up with their classes. Well, I'll say it this way. Two of my three children were doing their homework, and I had some people after the last gathering come and guess which child it was, and they all got it right. So if you know my children, you probably know which one wasn't doing their homework. But two out of the three were doing their homework, and my daughter comes up, and she says, I've got math homework. Now, for me, there's not a lot of math up here, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't like math. Sorry, Pastor Dan. I didn't like math. I didn't pay a lot of attention. I didn't put a lot of math up here. So when my daughter says, hey, I've got math homework. Can you help me with it? My answer is no. But fortunately, my wife's aunt was on the trip with us, and she was a high school math teacher. So she's got lots of math up here. So go to her. Because when you go to her, she's going to remember how to do it. Because it's in there. If you come to me for math help, I have to research how to do it. And I have to figure out how to do it because it's not in here. Okay? I didn't pay attention to math class. 
she did. And so my kids go to the one who's already got it in there who just remembers it. And this is where we go to the word so that when Holy Spirit says, hey, we're going this way, we remember what the guidebook tells us. And when the Holy Spirit says, hey, here's what you do with your finances, we remember what Jesus told us about that. And we don't have to just pull it out of our pocket all the time because it's in us. We remember how the guidebook has told us to live. And this is the ultimate combination, knowing the guidebook and having a guide. Knowing the guidebook and having a guide. Knowing, having a guide to reveal the truth of the guidebook to us and also having the information in us so when the guide says, hey, we need to do this, we remember it and we can do it quickly. And all of this is so we can navigate successfully through life and come to the end of the day and say, that was the best day ever. And it doesn't matter what you went through that day. What matters is that we navigated it well because the Spirit guided us. And the Spirit is actually the one who wrote the guidebook. 2 Peter 1 verse 20 says, You need to know that nothing in Scripture was just thought up by the prophets themselves. In other words, they didn't just make it up. They didn't just go, oh, here's a good proverb. Oh, hey, this one rhymes. They're really going to love that one. It says this, It was the Holy Spirit who directed and reminded them of these true words from God. And so the Spirit, our guide, he wrote the guidebook. And so when we know the guidebook, he can remind us of the guidebook and what it says, and we can move through our day guided by what he's taught us, guided by what we can remember. The third way that the Holy Spirit guides us that we're looking at today is by giving us nudges and confirmations. By giving us nudges and confirmations. Now, the first two, most of us are very comfortable with because they're really centered around the Bible and reading the Bible and understanding the Bible. And this last one, though, this is where it comes into understanding and valuing that the Holy Spirit is alive and we have a relationship with him and that he will give us nudges throughout the day. He will give us maybe a, a mental picture, maybe a kind of a, a gut feeling, those things where you know that you know that you know it's a, spirit from, or it's a nudge from the Holy Spirit, not just last night's dinner. And as we go through our day, he'll give us these little nudges. Now, here's a couple of things to help us understand. So when uh, we were in Hawaii this past week, my sons decided, hey, they wanted to take a, their first ever surf, surfing lesson. And I was like, sure, go ahead. And so we uh, got, a, found, you know, Googled, whatever, found one where they had an instructor. What is an instructor but a guide? And so they went out on the board and they had a great, great time or whatever. And I came, they came back in and we were like, how was it? And of course the instructor was like, oh, they're the best first timers ever. And I was like, oh, he's good. He knows how to get a tip. He's very smart. Uh, but my boys, of course, didn't think that. They were like, no, we were. And so I was asking him, I was like, how was it? And they said, it was a lot of fun. And I said, well, how do you think you actually did? And my oldest said to me, he said, I'm going to tell you something. We probably would not have caught any wave except that our instructor came up and gave us a little nudge to get started. And because of that, they were able to catch waves. Because of that little nudge in the right direction at the right time, it was the best day ever. And the Holy Spirit nudges us like that. See, the instructor didn't climb on their surfboard and do it for them but he just gave a little nudge. And what they had to remember was what he had taught them on the beach. You see, he revealed to them how to surf. They had to remember what had been revealed to them, and then he gave a little nudge in the right direction. And they were able to catch waves. And that's how it works with the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, here's what I want you to say to your kids. Here's what I want you to do for your spouse today. 
You know, the Bible says, be a good husband, love your wife, be a good wife, love your husband. Well, today specifically, here's a little nudge in the right direction of what your spouse needs today. And without that little nudge, we miss the wave. Without that little nudge, we maybe miss the opportunity to say that was the best day ever. And if you're kind of wondering, maybe some of you are going, man, Pastor Rob, I'm worried though that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and the nudge is going to go to be a missionary and give up everything and go to a land I've never been to and learn a language I've never, and eat food I don't like and all this bad stuff. No. The nudge is always in a good direction. The nudge is always in a way to catch the wave, not to miss it. And so one of the ways you know, hey, was that a Holy Spirit nudge? If it's to do good, if it's to be kind, if it's to be loving, yes, it was. If the nudge cuts across what you know about God or, cuts, or goes in a different direction than what the guidebook says, then it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And so we follow these nudges. And I want to encourage you, practice. Ask God. Say, Holy Spirit, this week, would you nudge me in directions? And he's going to start, you're going to start maybe with some small ones, maybe with, again, how to, how to uh, compliment your kids or your spouse, or maybe how to be kind to someone at work. There's going to be these little nudges through the day. Hey, just say this. Hey, just send that text message saying, I'm praying for you. Those little nudges that he gives us that sometimes you think, man, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me or what it might be. In fact, last week, the day before, the day we were flying out to Hawaii, I felt like I had this little nudge in my Holy Spirit to text a friend of mine who still lives in the Middle East and say, hey, what are the odds you're going to be in Hawaii next week? And guess what? They were in Hawaii last week. And I got to see my friend and his new baby. Why? It was totally random. There's a thousand friends I have around the world. I didn't text any of the rest of them, but I had a nudge to text this one who happened to be in Hawaii. And because of that, I had the best day ever. And sometimes it's simple little nudges like that. And as we feel those nudges and as we take steps of faith to move out and respond to those little nudges, we'll grow in hearing the voice and understanding. So when the big nudge happens, we can say yes to it. I remember the first, what I'd call a big nudge, right? Now, hear me on this. I don't mean God's going to two-hand shove you into something. But sometimes the nudges get bigger and bigger. I remember the first time we were uh, on, a, on an outreach, a three-month outreach. We were a couple weeks into it in this one area, and we were going to be working with homeless people in that area. We were going to be working with a local church in that area. And so we thought, hey, let's do some prayer walking through this area. And we began to prayer walk, and we'd gone off in pairs, and we're walking down this one street, and I see a lady across the street, a few houses up, gardening. And right away, God begins to say things to me for her. And these weren't necessarily the the nice things of the, hey, God loves you. These were some hard things. God said, you're going to go over there, and you're going to say to her that she's bitter against God, that she stopped going to church since her husband died six months ago. Here's her husband's name. All these kind of things. And I knew in that moment, this was a nudge, right? This was a big nudge. I'd never had a nudge like this before in my life. And so I just looked at the person I was praying with. I was like, just follow me. Because I knew if I tried to explain it, I was going to panic myself out of it. And so I went and we shared this thing with this lady. And within three sentences, she's weeping. And we saw her. She got back into church. She started getting her life right back with God again. But here's why I tell that story. Because that was not my first nudge. Okay? I had spent three, four months before that with a group of people seeking God, giving ourselves over to God, asking God to lead us and guide us. And through that, there had been small nudges. When praying for a friend, hey, I feel like God's reminding me of this scripture verse for you. Hey, I feel like God wants me to say this to you today. Hey, I want to write an encouragement out for somebody. And so we worked with those small nudges. 
And as we do, and as we're faithful with them, then God will grow and increase those nudges. But this is how he guides us. And this is what a guide does. When we were going up that mountain, my buddy and I, there came one point that became very steep. And actually, we got to the top of it, and we looked back, and we're like, we probably should have had some ropes. But we got up there, but as we were going up, the guide could tell that my friend was a little bit uncomfortable in the situation. So the guide just climbed up right beside him. And as my friend would lift his foot, the guide would just grab it and put it exactly where it needed to be. Just to give my friend the confidence, hey, the guide has put you in the right place. That's a nudge. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you and say, hey, this is where you need to be today. Hey, this is what you need to say to this person today. Hey, this is what you need to text this person. Or hey, maybe, no, 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 this is where you need to put your money, not there. This is what decision you need to make. And as we go through our day, the Holy Spirit will nudge us and lead us. And if we'll say yes to it, then we'll get to the end of the day and say, regardless of what waterfalls we face, regardless of what decisions we had to make, we'll come to the end of the day and say, that was the best day ever. Amen? That's what we want. Your best days are ahead. My best days are ahead. Our best days are ahead. If we will let the guide navigate us to the end of the adventure, then we can say that was the best day ever. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Church, let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that you gave us your spirit as our guide because you want us to have our best days because you want us to live guided, navigating our way through life into all that you have for us. I just say thank you, Jesus, for that. Amen and amen, amen, amen. Church, before we close up with some worship, I, I, I want to offer this. Maybe you're here today and you go, I don't know that my best days are ahead because I don't have the Holy Spirit in my life because I don't have that relationship with God. And you're saying, but I want my best days to be ahead. I want to live out and be guided by God into everything he has for me. If that's you here today, you can start that relationship with God. Here at True North, we say it's the ABCs. A is just admit. Admit you're not in that relationship. Admit you've chosen your own way. This is called sin. You're trying to follow your own path, or maybe you're following another guide. B is believe. Believe in Jesus. Believe in who he was and what he came to earth to do by dying on the cross and being raised again. And C is confess him as Lord, which is just a Christian way of saying, let him be your guide. Give your life to him. Say, Jesus, I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to walk your path. If that's you and you want to start that relationship today, I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer with me. I'm going to ask everyone in here, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And if that's you and you're saying, I want the Holy Spirit to be my guide. I want to give my life to God and follow his ways. Would you pray this prayer with me? Jesus thank you for what you did for me. I admit I've been walking my own path or I've been following other guides, but I believe, Jesus, because of the work you did on the cross, you are the one true guide. So I give my life to you today. Say, I will walk your path. I will let you guide me. Amen. Amen. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.